Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama. Matt Hambage here, and Jared is back after a brief hiatus. Jared, good to have you back. Thank you. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to deliver my best performance of all time. I like it, just like uh, maybe Noel from this, from this week, who maybe I uh, won the episode. It was strong. It was strong. The funniest moment of the season, and probably the best move of the season. That's a it's a big twofer. Oh no! What am I? What am I missing? What the funniest moment? It was very brief when when Co- not Cody. Uh, what am I saying? When Owen and 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 James are bickering back at camp. Uh, yeah, and she's just kind of sitting there making faces at the camera, and then at one point just just jumps in and goes, "Does anybody want a papaya?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yep. Yeah, she's been. Uh... Maybe aside from like the first two episodes, which I, I was super not impressed. Um, she's been really solid. She's always been a fun person, a fun character for me, but hadn't done a lot game wise to really impress me. And we've talked a little bit about how she didn't seem like she was getting much, much winner stock. But this was a ri- this was a really good move, which we'll get into. But that was, the steal a vote is often just like a waste of an advantage it's almost like a red herring that it makes people think they have power and then they just mess it up and don't use it correctly but she used it in a really creative way tonight yep yep i i have thoughts on that we'll wait until we're farther along but pretty yeah, we, pretty we're savvy jump, yeah we're jumping ahead a little bit like we usually do so we'll jump jump back to the beginning here um so as always starting back at camp after the last vote janine this time and Sammy's a little conflicted because he wasn't on board with the Janine plan, but he realized he didn't have the numbers to make a move. So he went where the numbers were good for him. Good on him. Love, love that decision-making. Um, but so he wants to talk to Owen because he wants to Owen Poor Owen. He voted correctly, but saved by Gabler to, <laughs> to be keyed in on the plan. That's not where you want to be. You don't want to have Gabler being the one relaying the info to you right before tribal council. Well, you see what happens when you trust Gabler. Good things, apparently. You get on the right side of numbers. Still, still good things. Still good things. And and so Owen is rightfully a little little pissed off. Um, because as we as we find out, James had told him he, at the water well, Owen had said, if it's Janine, tell me I will vote vote Janine. And, he, and James goes, No, it's Ryan. And then so Owen votes Ryan. <laughs> Actually, he didn't vote Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he, he still he agreed yeah. to he agreed to vote Ryan, and then Gabler told him right before tribal started that it, that it was Janine. So he voted correctly, but not not by the grace of James, by the grace of of good old good old Mike Gabler there. Um, so Owen doesn't want anything to do with James, and James is, you know, he was being cordial, which I think that time has passed now. That, and obviously we see that time has is very passed. But I don't know why James was surprised that Owen was pissed off. He he seems surprised. It was like you told him the wrong name, knowing it was the wrong name. Of course, he's going to be salty about that. Yeah, like I 
man, James really took a turn for me um, these last few weeks. At first, he really seemed to have a good idea of like his standing in the game and seemed to be setting up some alliances, but socially seems a little off. Yeah, yeah, because later on, he, there, he said one thing in particular that I thought was about the worst thing you could say in that situation, and I can't wait to t- discuss that that little bit there. Um, but we get to the challenge, jump right into it, because it's the dreaded split tribal council. Yeah. It's become the norm, which I, I, don't, I don't like for a few reasons. One, something that Propes always says is, expect the unexpected or as soon as you start assuming something the game flips on his head but this is three seasons in a row they've done final 10 two groups of five they can plan for it now and maybe this is the last they said oh we'll do three seasons or we'll do two cycles then we'll then we'll split it up but i don't get that sense i think it's gonna be 44 for sure too yeah at least but i i like when the players can't can't plan they can have things in the back of their mind to say, oh, this might come up at this point or around this point. But now they can set you know, set their watch to it basically by the day of what's going to happen. And it's not even a good twist. It's a bad twist on top of it. You know, I was thinking this earlier. We bullied Jeff, we the fans, bullied Jeff to get rid of Edge of Extinction, bullied him to get rid of Do or Die, bullied him to get rid of the, the Hourglass. We really put our minds to it. We can bully him to get rid of this. Bullying works sometimes, apparently. I mean, one guy bullied him into getting rid of one of his famous phrases. This is true. Just imagine <laughs> if a million of us do it. This is true. So so one of the few times I will actively promote bullying is if it's to get rid of dumb twists on Survivor. <laughs> I was like, when I saw I I'm gonna understate this when I <laughs> when I say this about how I feel about the twist, but F that that that's the least I can put it. I just hate it. Yes. Yep. A lot of reasons. I mean, we've talked about it before and we don't really need to get into it every single season that it happens because it's the same stuff. They don't even, they don't even change it up at all. And I don't know how they could change it, but it's, it's the same thing. Every time you get two groups of five, you have no room to really maneuver. If you're in the minority, unless you have an advantage that nobody knows about, and I feel like the game, the, the production and probes and all of them, they want to encourage big moves and risky gameplay. This just encourages safe gameplay. And unless you're Noel and you get creative. Now, I don't, I don't know how big of a risk that was. It was more of just a creative move than a big move, I would say. But it's not really the time to make a risk when you can play it safe just to get through a vote live to see another day and you and what I, what I really don't like is if somebody makes a move against an alliance or if you and I kind of have a working relationship and we're on different groups and I put up one of your allies it, it gives you such an or such an easier out to say oh well it was only five of us we didn't have the numbers to do anything else I, I had to go with it you don't really have to maneuver your way out of of a backstabbing or a blind set or anything you just it's a, it's a high risk, low reward scenario. Yeah, there's I can't imagine a scenario where there would be less incentive to make a big move than this. Like you're essentially like you're being put in a position where 
your mindset is I just need to survive. Let's vote with the easiest person that we can all agree on. That's, that's exactly what you're doing here. You're not like you're putting pressure on people, but almost every time they get this type of pressure put on them, they're going to play it safe. Yeah. Yeah. And if you make a big, let's say you do find a way to make a big move and you go from being the easy target to winning the vote, you still half of the tribe remaining players still weren't involved in that. You didn't have to work the numbers. You don't know what the other half holds. And if you're really down on it, you got to do what you got to do. So whatever. But in terms of flipping the game, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean anything if you still have half of the tribe to work with because you didn't, you weren't working with them or talking to them or strategizing with them for the last you know day or half day. Yeah. Just, so I think I think that's enough. Unless you have new no, points to add, we probably talked about it too much. Actually, fair enough. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty standard uh, challenge. Hold onto a handle, clamps a ball between a set of jaws, hold as long as you can. Don't let the ball drop. Um, as as usual, the the ultimate there's one winner per per group. Ultimate winner wins reward peanut butter and jelly um, for for their tribe, and they go to tribal council second, so they get to see who was voted out. They don't get to watch tribal council, but that first person voted out goes to the jury right away, so they see um, the result of it, obviously. And the two groups are Gabler, Ryan, Jesse, Cody, Cassidy, and Owen, Sammy, Carla, Noel, and James. Carla wins for her group. Um, but drops before the other team is done. Cody and Ryan are the last two there. Ryan drops, giving our guy Cody the win. This is the this is the time when I've I'm very worried about my favorites when it's a small group. And if and if you and in this case he was fine because he was with Jesse, but you can get so so like just twist screwed if you just get in the wrong group. That's kind of what we alluded to. Um, but again, don't need to go into that. Glad Cody got an immunity. And I like this because it's less of a high profile immunity because you only, I mean, he won it, I guess, but it's, I feel like it might be just diminished by default because the group is split. So you think of two winners and may not show up as, oh, he's a challenge beast. Well, plus I think a lot more people noticed Carla winning um, with her whole hand situation where like, that's a good point. Yeah. Cody's just kind of, yeah, he got the other side of it. Yeah, Carla winning with a with a messed up hand is either the hand wasn't as bad as we thought it was, or she's got a lot more in the tank than maybe people thought, or both. Yeah, I I like stitches on your finger. I just don't know how much that affects this challenge, but they wanted us to think it did. I don't know. Maybe to a point, and then you just kind of get past it. But depending on where it was and where the grip is, it, it might it be could. more more yeah. annoying. Then painful. Yeah, it could. How it, I, how it all shakes out. When you looked at the people who were really struggling, it was more like their like arms that were shaking. Um, yeah. Le- yeah, rather than their hands. But I'm just nitpicking. So you nitpicking? No, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Not for one it's second. Not, it's not. Uh, my personality naturally. But <laughs> all right. So so we jump. So most of the episode was really like the pre-tribal. Um, activities because the challenge was a little bit we get the two tribal councils so it's in between that's the meat of the episode uh so not a lot of social or personal talk but that's fine to mix it up here and there a lot of strategy talk this week 
Uh, so the first group we'll go to is the red group, which was Gabler, Ryan, Jesse, Cody, Cassidy. And Cassidy seems to be the easy choice, at least off the bat. Um, she's kind of the, the odd one out for a few reasons. Um, but Cassidy, Cody, and Jesse talk at the beach. And so obviously they got thrown another name out. And obviously it's going to be, be Ryan because no one <laughs> seems to consider Gabler <laughs> as, as a target <laughs> in the least, which don't blame him. Yeah. Oh, man. It just, you know, after like three episodes, you could have told me that the season was going to play out like this. I, I probably would not have believed you. <laughs> and specifically with, to Gabler or as a whole? Just Gabler and Cody still be in there. Like at this point, I I thought they'd burn bright and they'd burn fast. But Cody's really buckled down. He was yeah. such like a, a a quote unquote bro in the like right off the bat. It was like, oh, this guy is he's just talking about having fun. He's, he's not going to take the game seriously. He's going to be goofing off. But he really has been getting down to business. And I wonder if that's just how he is or if teaming up with Jesse helped because they, they, they're working so well together. And Jesse's for sure game focused, game centric, game all the time. And I would bet, at least to a degree, that's rubbed off on Cody. But I would feel like if his personality really was that just L I V I N living, someone like Jesse could could only do so much to to rein that in. Yeah, i I think uh, maybe they've maybe they've both had a good effect on each other too. I mean, Jesse could be. Uh, a little less neurotic maybe than he was to start the season two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they, they throw out Ryan and, and Cody doesn't fully commit. This was a little interesting because you got to just say, yes, we'll vote Ryan. But what he says to Cassidy is he's enjoyed the time he spent with her. And he wants to play the game with people. He likes being around, which sounds perfect for someone like Cody, actually. So maybe he can get away with it. Someone like Jesse maybe couldn't get away with with that kind of sentiment. But Cody's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for Cody. Um, but Cassidy is she's no dummy. We haven't seen a lot from her, but she's not not dumb, at least not dumb enough to know she's not a target or think she's not a target, I should say. Um, so she knows that's a strong possibility. And then she says, everyone who's come after me, I've taken them out. It's like, OK, technically, sure, I guess. And maybe it's just victim of the edit. But if she really had a hand to play in the votes. We would have seen at least some of that. Yeah. I, I, I think it I think came. That... I noticed that line too. Yeah. And it started to make me think if I had missed something like, or if the show wasn't playing it up enough or what, but that struck me also. The only thing I can think of is it's alluding to or hinting at something to come from her, but it, but I that feels like a stretch as I say it. Yeah, if it's the thing I think might be coming, then I'm not looking forward to it. What is that? The uh, I'm. I'm playing the same game that if a man played, you would think I was playing amazing. Okay. I'll keep my 
I haven't, I, haven't <laughs> caught, I haven't caught wind of that myself yet. No, well, I haven't either until, you know, she started talking about how she votes out everyone who goes after her, which I had not picked up on. So <laughs> I got to start, I got to start thinking a little bit. Maybe that's, maybe that's how she sees her game going right now. I guess we'll have to wait and see, as I like to say here. Um, so Jesse and Cody debate the merits of Cassidy versus Ryan. Um, getting out Cassidy might alienate James and Carla, who they voted with a few times before. Um, getting rid of Ryan maybe gets rid of a, a a shield or perceived challenge threat, food source, easy win at Final Tribal Council is maybe the <laughs> the biggest factor in keeping uh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, but they're, but they, they have the, the smart idea of saying that they, because of the way the groups broke down, they can potentially wait to see who gets voted out at the first tribal and then make their decision. Then all they need to do is loop in Gabler at the last minute, which cannot go wrong. That was my, my worry is that they were going to go into that, into their tribal with that plan makes sense, makes sense on paper. But then they were going to have to find a way to tell Gabler subtly which person to vote for. And it was going to get messed up because how can it not with him? I, I'm starting to think it won't. I mean, the dude, like he seems, he seems fairly solid. Like we joke about it, but we've kind of seen what happens when you trust Gabler at this point. I think specifically there was the let him know at the last minute. Yeah, but yeah, but, yes, but he's he, done he, nothing to show me like that he couldn't adjust at the last minute. I I would say in my mind it was more just can he keep it straight at the last yeah, minute? Yeah, or or were they gonna use a code rather than just say Ryan or Cassidy like one or two A or B? Some, yeah, something like that yeah, that you might I get could... confused on. But obviously he's. A heart valve specialist. Not yeah, a dumb I, that's person. exactly what I was gonna say. I'm like, isn't he a heart surgeon or something like that? I feel like he needs details. Yeah, he's good with details. Maybe it's just the perception he gives off. But no, I'm Gabler. You're right. Gabler has proven to be a little more clued in to some in some respects than maybe the show would like us to believe. Uh, so before that, we'll jump before the tribal to get to the next uh, pre-tribal, the blue group: Owen, Sammy, Carla, Noel. And Owen is the group consensus. And this is when this is like the first real drama of conflict of the season. And I'm thrilled for it. So I'm a little sad that James went home because now the main headbutts are, are now separated. But knowing that Owen's got it in him, knowing that somebody has that fire in them to get in someone's face if they feel it's needed. I like that. I want more of it. We just need, we just need some more some more blow ups in front of everybody. Make people feel awkward watching people fight at camp. I love it. Um, so so they're at the water well, of course, and James and Owen, I should say. And James tries to talk to Owen, but Owen's just not having it. And he makes some good points saying, what else can I do to prove that I can work with you? I did what you told me to do and it was the wrong thing to do, which fair. And then Ryan's response. I, I love this for the entertainment value. Do you, do you remember what he says here? No, he says it was the right thing to do because it was what we told you to do. <laughs> I thought James said that. Yeah, yeah, James said that. Oh, to, okay. To to Owen 
saying it was right because that's what we told you to do and you did it, even if it was wrong. It's like, you might believe that, but, and maybe he was done with Owen, but that, if I'm in Owen's position, that's just going to piss me off more. Yep. Yep. A lot of blunders here from old James. Yes. Yes. Just, just my guy, just a disaster. Just one of the worst ways to phrase that. And even if you, even if you're going to vote Owen out, you've got to act like you're going to try to appease him. Make it seem like you want to mend fences. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, but make an effort. Yeah, I'd, I don't even know if he could at this point with Owen because like Owen is just so onto him that I, I mean, for show, if you're going to do it, with James like like if James is going to do it for show it still might even be risky because Owen could just think it's patronizing at that point like that's a good point too they're they're clearly on opposite pages and I there's like no good way to handle it what do you think about about Owen continually telling James that he voted for Ryan even when he voted for Janine do you think it was more just to prove his point further Oh, because I actually went back and watched the the vote reveal from last week to make sure because I knew the 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 survivor wiki Wikipedia and the and the fandom wikia had or Owen voting for Janine, and I I knew that from last week and I was going crazy thinking about it. so I went and and watched and he does vote Janine last week, and and because we knew we do know Gabler told him that it was leaning Janine, um. But do you think he was just trying to, since, since James couldn't prove one way or the other who voted for, for Ryan, do you think he just said that just to keep his point, trying to make his point stronger? Yeah, that would be my guess. But then I I wonder how you could possibly not know who everyone voted for. I guess if they didn't really rehash the vote, if it was just easy, because who was it? that actually voted for Ryan. Wasn't it Cassidy? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. She's kind of been after him for a while. Yeah. Cassidy might not be super keen on saying, Oh, I was out of, out of the loop again. And if no one's making a point of it, maybe just wanted to fly under the radar with it a little bit. Maybe just to find some, some sort of explanation for it. But it was just, it was just interesting. I thought that he was kept hammering that home and nobody mentioned it. Nobody that we saw at least, Called him out saying, no, you voted for Janine. Yeah, kind of weird. But whatever. And this is when we got the papaya. And Dal- Dalton Ross took a recording of that whole scene. And Noel's just kind of making eyes at the camera. Go to his Twitter. It, it, it's, a, it's great. And this ends it. Anybody want a papaya? And just, just cuts attention. Noel's been a lot of fun, as I said. And this, I think, for me, is, is the funniest moment of the season so far. And just inspired bit of comedy yeah i there's a few moments on towards the top of my list probably um but i i couldn't tell if it was like funny or just really uncomfortable when it happened but probably both she she seems kind of goofy and playful i feel like she she meant it in a joking kind of lighthearted like let's try to simmer things down a little bit and maybe people will laugh at this and they just ignored it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. What can you do? What can you do? Um, and then this is where where Noel gets some serious points for the episode and the season. So she's got the steal a vote, and she tells Noel, I'm I'm sorry, she's Noel. She tells James that she's going to use her steal a vote on Owen. She says a safeguard so he can't use his shot in the dark. Um, because if he doesn't have a, doesn't have a vote, he can't. Has nothing to give up to play a shot in the dark. And I thought just the fact that the words shot in the dark were mentioned, I thought it meant someone was going to play it. Because we haven't heard them even said in, in weeks, I don't think. No, I know uh, Chris said last week that he just forgot about it. Like, totally was not on his radar at all. Which which I'm not complaining about. I, I love I love that fact. But I thought with the actual mention of it that it meant we were going to get it played. But thankfully, no. Um, so she was going to use it on Owen to just safeguard against that, secure their their plan. And in reality, she was going to use it on Owen, but as a smokescreen against James. So James, one, wouldn't suspect that the vote was going against him, that he wouldn't um, use his shot in the dark in defense, and that he would not use his knowledge as power for kind of a last ditch ditch effort to get something out of out of the group. Um I thought this was just super creative and I feel like this is how you have to use these types of advantages. You can't just use it as a steal a vote to take a vote to have an extra vote that might work, but you need to have, you know, a layer or two to it to really make it work or to really ensure it works. And this was just I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I thought I, I love this from her. Yeah. I, there was a point like as it was becoming clear who was going to get the votes, where I, I actually didn't know which way the vote was going to go, but she could have taken credit for making the right play if it went either way. Like that's how well she set that up. Yes. Yes, because either way the target's gone. Yeah, and then it's just yep, that was what we're doing. Um, so she she's she's really honed in right now, but it might have been all for naught because Sammy, Sammy's on board, but he wants to work with Carla, who's very close with James, so he wants to loop Carla in and get her on board with the plan. And this this is risky. It was obviously it worked out, but as you know. We, or at least I hate results based thinking. Do you think this was a good idea? Like results notwithstanding, of course. Do you think this was a good idea for Sammy to approach Carla? Now, now it worked, but just on the surface, when you're watching the episode, what what did you think? I think you could argue it was either. I think the reason for doing it is jury management um, where like you want to make sure that you can get Carla's vote or at least be on good terms with Carla. Um, The, on the other side, like you weaken Carla by getting rid of James. So if you're trying to take her out and you think she could be a really big threat at the end, then 
you could argue would be a bad thing to tell her too. Yeah, I just think it was risky that she might turn the vote on him potentially. That oh, if uh, I mean, I just don't know, or, they... or or just turn it back on on Owen, which wouldn't be the worst thing for Sammy. Um, but I think he kind of he he went for everything and and got it. Um, and again, maybe this speaks to his social game that he is forging, you know, strong bonds with people out there. But he also made some good points though too. You know, saying that we take out James now, Owen is still an expendable number. It gets rid of Noel's advantage in a way that doesn't hurt either of us. And it's out of the game. The knowledge's power is out of the game. So there's he he made some good points. Um, but as Carla said, James has been a good number for her. Is it the right time to get rid of him? Yeah. I guess, well, that's two separate things than if you think it was the right move, which I think it was, versus if you think he should have told her or not. Okay, yeah, no, I, I see that. That, that, that. That's a fair point. Um, but I, I'm i loving Sammy as well. I think... He's playing with fire a little bit. Well, I mean, he's a cremator. He loves fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. He's in his element. Yep, he's like just the the right amount for TV of like risk taking and good gameplay. So here here's the the question for a sidebar. Do you think Sammy talks di- or works directly with the people whose pets he's cremating or is he in the back kept away from the the clients? I I think he just throws them right in. I don't know if he has any interaction with anyone because that aggressive short form talking. <laughs> yeah. I feel like would not be conducive to that kind of customer service experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, I could see, I could see them like dropping off the animal, like to the person that deals with them. And then that person sort of hands the animal off to Sammy and like in front of the pet owner, he's like, all right, boss, which, which, uh, which incinerator do you want me to put it in? Like they just have the incinerators on the main floor. <laughs> yeah. just, just like, just like a, a restaurant's pizza oven. There's like a row of them. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's my vision. That, that, that would be great. That would be great. I mean, as he, as he says to Carla, you know, would it, really be so bad if james was gone you know is it really so bad and i'm gonna burn your pet up yeah nice nice same, thing, same conversation same, same difference i like it i like it all right first travel council uh the, the blue team they basically rehashed the water well that was about it and the fight between own and james and then no. they just recreate it too on the spot yeah that, so that was super fun um and noel uses her advantage to steal owen's vote and then we see the, the votes come up with James. And James is, he says, you know, good move. We'll take it as a sign of respect. But my dude was pissed. He was, he was not happy. I can't remember seeing someone that, like, he didn't act out. But just the short responses, he's basically answering Jeff's questions while he's still finishing it. He was, he was very upset. Yep. It was, and, and I don't really blame him, but it was like I haven't seen that. Usually, people they'll take they'll take it on the chin, they'll be pissed off, but they'll 
they'll walk down, they'll 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 go on with it. But he was he was holding on to it. Yep. I imagine that that would probably be more of the way that I would get voted out. I would be very angry on the spot. Um and probably think I would have wish I would have handled it differently afterwards. But yeah, he was <laughs> uh he was not happy to say the least like it was it's interesting though like as as it was all happening like when noel plays that advantage i i thought it was funny like both james and owen were like yep yep (laughs) i i i love those votes when there's two people who are clearly the two options and they both think until they see the vote that's going their way because one of them is going to be elated one is going to be crushed yeah but like it it was going to plan like where they both thought like it was the same plan for both of them up until like the most important part of (laughs) like who actually goes home the only part that matters yeah they're like yeah this all makes sense yep okay that's what we talked about and then like the votes go on you can you imagine (laughs) So deflating. Now, one thing I I wonder about a lot is, and I'm sure it's easy to edit out, but how often do people like swear when they get voted out? Because I would, without a doubt, I'm dropping a motherfucker as soon as, as soon as I'm gone. Like there's no question in my mind. And of course they can beep it out and just cut around it, but we never see it like even get beeped out. Yep. Um, yeah, there's what is there the gif? I I feel like it's a Baker Mayfield where it's just like a short like fuck. Like <laughs> I oh I to... yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he's like on the on the sideline somewhere yeah I think yeah I, I whatever is that I first sure, I first sure seen that but yeah I I always I don't always but often wonder about that especially when you're like viciously blindsided or if you or if you're voted out like final five last vote of the season. And you're so close to at least getting to fire. Like, how do more people not go and just like a, just swearing like a sailor for like 30 seconds, just laying, laying down like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, just, just laying down every, every cuss word you can think of. Well, I think we're going to see that uh, if Noel gets voted out. No, that's just be a lot of friggins and shoots. (laughs) That's true. That's true. If there was one person though, I, I feel like might do it. It would be Noel. Who would who would be the funniest to see to see do it with who's left? Because Dwight would have been the funniest, I think. Um, <laughs> but of, of who's left, who would be the funniest to see just lay down just a string of, of swear words? <laughs> I would I would really like to see Cody. Like, but probably Sammy. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Sammy or Noel would be the funniest. Cody, Cody, if you're gonna say it's it'd be expected for one person, it would be Cody. I feel like, but he's also so happy go lucky that he that yeah. maybe not. But those any of those three, and even Gabler probably would be good too. Yeah, I can't imagine Gabler doing that though. I, as weird as it sounds, I feel like he's he's kind of like too. Little more reserved in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that, that maybe sounds right. But yeah, I want to see somebody and just 
show a bunch of beeps and then show it on Paramount Plus unedited. I want it. I need it. Because it's got to be out there somewhere. And all of the votes in Survivor's history, somebody's done it at least once. I need that footage. Yep. Uh, But James is gone and he is, we said, furious. Says cool beans when it was definitely not cool beans. Uh, There's one James quote too. I I hope you caught this too from earlier in the episode. Um, But they're talking about social contracts and it cuts to like, a uh like a confessional with james and it's like they're just talking about how owen uh got james's vote last time and james is like a social contract so if you break trust with james you go home and i was like well first off that's not what happened because the person you voted for is still there <laughs> and then at the end of the episode <laughs> it was actually the opposite because <laughs> James was talking about Owen and then James gets voted out. So yeah, not, not his best. Well, not everyone can be at their best all the time. Except Cody, but yes, except Cody, our guy, Cody. Um, so I, so the question then for the, for the next tribal council is, do you think, so Ryan gets voted out and do you think they were set on Ryan coming into tribal or do you think they made the call on the fly when they saw James was gone or do you think they were set on on Ryan pending the result and then when they saw James they said okay we're just going to go with, we're going to stick with it well i don't know if you can be set on someone pending the result well i mean i mean like say say they said we're going to go with go with Ryan unless x is voted out like by surprise or something like that Say like, no, I don't think that was it. Cause there was two, they were thinking there's two clear votes too. Weren't they? Well, I mean, I mean for their, for their side, it was, it was, it was Ryan or, or Cassidy, but do you think they, they game planned for the other tribal based on who might get voted out? Like if, if this person's voted out, we go with Ryan, if this person's voted out, we go with Cassidy or is it only if, or was the, or was like James really the only one that was affecting that? Um, well, I thought, well, they, yeah, they had talked about, right? Like if Owen goes, then they keep James because Ryan keep Ryan. Uh, yeah, Cause it was Owen versus James. So if, if Owen went, Ryan was on, was on this tribal council. Okay. Then I'm, you got the names mixed up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I thought anyway that I thought the plan was like pretty clear. Like, if this person goes, then we vote this person, and if this person goes, then we vote this person. Here's the reasons why we're doing that. Like, they. So I I would believe that that's how it went down. I don't. From when I was watching it, I, I had a feeling Ryan was not the vote all along i feel like they were surprised to see james was gone and they kind of adjusted on the fly okay i'm I'm not sure what i think yet i made you go i made you go through all that and i don't even have an answer for it myself um yeah it's just a feeling i got i uh, 
Yeah, logically, it all made sense to me, the argument that they made for doing it that way. So I, I want to believe that's why they did it. Yeah, because I feel like the only thing that would have changed is they said, let's just keep it simple, not try to make the decision on the fly. Let's go with Ryan might have been the, the other the other option for whatever was their deciding deciding reason was say. We're just going to do this, go to tribal, don't worry about who got voted out on their side, um, but it, it would make sense with the way the the groups broke and the where the relationships, and different alliances ended up on the two two temporary tribes, if you will, that they would do it. You make the decision at the time. I think I actually I, I'd probably lean that way actually as well. Thinking about it now, that they probably did make the call, but I don't know. I I feel like maybe I'm just putting myself in their position. That personally, I would probably prefer to know the plan going in rather than have, having to have that one extra super important thing to make sure you got across to all three people unless they were very clear unless they told Gabler like if James is voted out we are voting Ryan and like there's just black and white then then yeah then that would make a lot of sense to, to easily do it that way yeah I, yeah I don't know I, I'm flustered from getting the names wrong so you look it I can tell <laughs> unlike you but I guess so then um Regardless of how they decided, do you think it was the right decision to get rid of Orion versus Cassidy? No. I agree. Yeah. I, I feel like the one thing that you, you, me, and Chris have agreed on the last two weeks is that Ryan is essentially no threat to anyone. Zero threat. And Chris made a really good point when he said, especially if you're Cassidy and you're not going to be winning immunity anyway, then you want one of the worst players in the game winning the immunities. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Cassidy was kind of in a, in a tough spot because there was it's, there seemed to be no no wiggle room on moving to Gabler versus Ryan. But from yeah, if Jesse- it wasn't yeah, if it wasn't Ryan, it was going to be her. But but she at the same time was the one who had been going after Ryan anyway oh, this oh, whole sure, time. Sure, sure, yep, yep. yeah. But yeah, Ryan, I'm not Ryan, Jesse and, and Cody, keep Ryan, keep Gabler. Neither of those guys is winning this game. Cassidy might. Everyone everyone talked about how, how much of a threat she is, how scary she is. And sometimes even if a player is not that, just talking about them being a threat makes them a threat, especially to the jury. If, if they're not in the game and they can't see what people are doing, but all you hear is, Oh, Cassidy's a threat. Cassidy's so strategic. Cassidy's such a scary player. What are they going to do but believe that? And we haven't really seen that yet, but that is kind of where this could lead, it sounds like. But Gabler and Ryan, people know what Gabler and Ryan are. They're love, love, love Gabler. Ryan's a nice enough, nice enough dude, but they are not good at this game. Gabler's gotten a little better over the course of the season from where he started. Ryan is just bad. Nothing against him. Just he's just a bad survivor player. You those four go to the end or go to the final four Jesse or Cody is winning survivor. Like that's yeah. just, that's just all, all it comes down to. Yeah. Worst case scenario. They're in a fire making together to see who, who wins. wins a million bucks. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we question for you? Do you think that 
people are not voting Gabler out because they're like a little unsure of how he's going to react to it. Cause I, I might be a little bit like he might torch them on the jury. If you send him there. Yeah. In a, in a bad way. Yeah. I think some people probably are. I don't know if everyone's thinking that. I think some people are keeping around for because they because they want to be able to do it in a quote unquote nice way, and others are keep are keeping him around because why would you get rid of him? Yeah, both. Maybe maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they could have taken Ryan as far as they could go, let him win some immunities, keep him as a shield. Cut him loose if you have to, but keep him till the end because, yeah, he's... And he's going to feed you. Yeah. And <laughs> sure, it's it's small fish, but if he's going to spend his energy fishing and he just says, tell me who to vote for and I'll vote for that person and he goes on and gets you food, like, the the gatherer isn't a critical person to have on your side or in the in the tribe, but if you have that person... It's still just a bonus. And if they're the easiest person ever to work with and they're not a threat to you, keep them around as long yeah, as you maybe, can. Maybe we outthought ourselves a little bit, team. I don't know. I mean, just the, the one thing that makes me second guess my thought on it is just how well Cody and Jesse have played so far that there maybe is something else going on there that we're not fully grasping or fully seeing. So I do want to give them a a little benefit of the doubt because of that. But from what I've seen and what the show has shown us, I think it was a, it was a bad choice. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a good way to put it. What? Uh, we're down to the final eight now, Jared. The season is quickly coming to an end. Probably have four episodes left, I think, probably, including the finale. So kind of into the home stretch. Any any big thoughts on where where we're at, where we're headed? Or not yet? Not yet. No. I think I think there's probably a probably half the people left I could see having a good shot at winning. Yeah, because let's see. We've got uh Sammy, Cody. Yep, yeah, I've got it. Cody, Cassidy, Carla. Gabler, Owen, Noel, Sammy, Jesse. Oh, that more than half. I mean, yeah, really. I mean, I could see Sammy, Jesse, Cody, um, Carla, uh, Noel. I mean, maybe even Cassidy. I think really the only person you can count out like fully is is Gabler. I think Owen yeah. and Cassidy would be in that next tier if we're tiering kind of likelihood of winners. But with four episodes left, we've seen people do a lot more with a lot less time. Um, so they definitely have, you know, if, if Owen, if this is the second life he needs, he could make a move. Um, if Cassidy feels she's got a little more freedom now, she could make some noise. I'd still put them in a tier of themselves and, you know, Gabler, then those two. Um, but I'd, st- I'd still put Jesse and Carla at the top. And then I would probably have Cody 
probably I'd probably go Jesse, Jesse and Carla in kind of the top tier. Then Cody and Sammy. Then Noel, Owen, Cassidy all together. Then then Gabler and oh actually then the, then just Gabler. Yeah. Is that everybody? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we're slightly different. I think I think Cody is top tier. You think so? Yeah. I just he's done nothing wrong. And I mean he got the idol, like he's been on the right side of all the votes. I and people seem to like him. I I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm underestimating him. I'd maybe put him if we're gonna tier the tiers, you want to go really into it. I'd maybe put him either at the top of the second tier or the bottom of the first. But I think, but again, I think other than Gabler, everyone's got a legitimate path. And then Cassie and Owen have the next kind of most complicated. And then maybe Gosh, Noel by herself. Then everyone, I know. I think Noel Gosh. is way up there too, though. Man, this is tough now that I actually really start thinking about it. So Jesse, I mean, Jesse, Sammy, Noel, Carla, and Cody. I mean, that's five of the eight. Yeah, I love I think, that though. I love I, that for for this for this part part of the season. There's that many strong candidates left to still win. Yep. And honestly, yep. if Gabler won, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I know that might be the best the best result of anything. Like, yeah, that that's, that's the thing. There's there's no there's no one who's left. Like, if Ryan had somehow wormed his way to a win i mean like that kind of sucks given I, what he showed at this point but right yeah. now a cassidy win would be underwhelming based on what we've seen so that's far. that's what i was gonna say i would that's the only one that i would feel like the season was like i'd look back on the season and be like oh that was that season yeah yeah she i mean she's 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 spunky she she's shown some some fight and some fire but it hasn't really translated into game results and uh, not, yeah, maybe not game results, but like definitely not television. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, but still four episodes left several hours still of, of the season to go. Um, so I'm still very happy with the season. I thought this was a really fun episode and hopefully some more drama. I love Owen being the drama King and hopefully that'll continue even with his, his chief rival gone, but Jared, the exciting news. They Australian have, Survivor. They have started to reveal the cast for Australian Survivor. Not they've revealed the cast. They've started to reveal the cast. <laughs> they've, they're doing it in just an insane way. I absolutely love it. Every, every Monday and Tuesday during the Challenge Australia, they reveal two new cast members. Wow. One hero, one villain. It's nonsense. And it's absolutely perfect for the way they do things. I love it. The first four, they've done three. So it's a, it's a half returning season, half newbies. Very weird format to do it for heroes versus villains, but whatever. There's been one new guy, some AFL legend, as they always do. But the first three they've revealed, King George, Queen Haley, Shawnee, mean nothing to you if you haven't seen the show, but three A-plus characters. If they keep keep on this pace, I, I can't wait. Even more than I can't wait just for this show to come back. Jared, once again, watch it. I heard a whisper that it was better. A literal whisper. 
So I, th- I think Chris, Chris hasn't seen all of South Africa. Um, so I would put South Africa at one, Australia at two, the U.S. at three. But the gap between South Africa and Australia is smaller than the gap between Australia and the U.S. And I think Chris, what he's seen, he's seen all of Australia. I think he'd put that at number one. And I don't know what all he's seen of South Africa, where he'd put it. But the main, the main point is that the U.S. is third of these three and it's currently and, and it's yes the the best us is still better than the best of the others but it's not like a landslide um but currently yes the us is easily three of three of three <sighs> it's a good pitch it's a good pitch do what i can yeah never out there south africa they just finished a, a great returning season, return of the outcast, half half post-merge, half pre-merge, great format, great setup, probes get on it. Um, and Aussie, great stuff as, as always. Um, so we'll see Chris and his wife were expecting a baby in like three weeks. And then Aussie premieres probably a few weeks after that. So I don't know what we'll do for coverage, if anything, but it is on our mind and, and hopefully we'll do something. But can't make any promises for Chris um, because I can't imagine how how busy or off kilter their schedule will be at that time. As fun as it and exciting as it might be, but that's a decision for a later time. In the meantime, for Talking Llama U.S. Edition, uh, ju- this is just finishing episode nine recap. We got the ten coming up next week as as usual. The Thanksgiving episode, which maybe it's just in my mind, but I always feel like it's a big episode, and maybe it's just because you have the day off of work. It just feels. It just the atmosphere is different, but I'm hoping for for big fireworks next week. What do you think? That feels right. That that seems like a thing. Um, so, yeah. I well now I mean if it's not a big episode, I'm going to be disappointed. So thanks. Uh, so that's on me. I'll I'll take responsibility if that if that happens. Uh, but we'll be we'll be here with our with our normal time. Um, we'll record right for the episode as always, and we'll still publish Thursday morning. As usual, obviously we've got something to listen to before the three football games next week. I think the Vikings play Thursday night, right? They do. The yep. eight and one Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Do we need to talk about the just end of that game? Fresh off just the most smooth win of the <laughs> season. <laughs> the the most absurd game I maybe have ever seen. That was just nuts. Yeah. I was looking at the at the schedule today, but I already forgot. Who it is that we're playing next week? Next week, and take a look. That Justin Jefferson catch was—it was just silly. That's the yeah, only, well, only only word I can just use to describe it. I was uh, I was on vacation, New England. So, uh, okay, that that feels like a loss. Um, but every game, every game I look at feels like a loss on paper, just because I've I've been through it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I caught probably the first quarter and then the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime and that was perfect. So that's all you needed. Yep. Yep. One of the best catches you'll ever see in your life. I mean, the catch itself, plus the circumstances and the moment, very fitting that it was on Stefan Diggs and Case Keenum's return. I know, I know. We thought all week we were going to get Case uh, playing, but 
No, Josh, I mean, Josh if you, when you can man. beat Josh Allen, you might as well. Wasn't it Josh Allen's rookie year when he just yeah, destroyed the they, Vikings? Th- we were like 17-point favorites, and they beat us. It was like ridiculous spread. Josh, Josh Allen had, had that. That that hurdle on a on a TD run yep. is yeah just killed yep. us. But got a revenge. Maybe the Vikings won't break our hearts, but I'm sure they will. They it might will. Just come, it might just come later than we than we're. Maybe used to. we do a special edition in the off season. Talking llama. Non survivor. Minnesota heartbreak. And yes, talking llama. Minnesota <laughs> a Minnesota heartbreak podcast. Uh, that might be too sad. <laughs> we go through all, all the lists of how many times our teams have let us down. Um, but yeah, so that was the, the epilogue talking llama Minnesota Vikings edition. Um, but we'll be back here next week as always for normal survivor, maybe some football nonsense, depending on what happens on Sunday. Um, but make sure you subscribe to Apple, Spotify, and we listen, follow us on Twitter at llama talk pod, Instagram at talk llama pod. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambage. And we'll see you next time for another scoop of the crispy.